Hey everyone, I'm Brooke. And I'm Jess. And this is Today I Learned Disney, a podcast where we each learn a new and interesting thing about Disney every week, and hopefully you learn something too. So, I'm going to start out this week. I have a fact for you, Brooke, um, and it's inspired by my trip to Pixar Pier this past weekend. Yes! It was amazing. Oh my gosh, I haven't gone yet. I was so excited, and while I was there, I was kind of thinking about how far it's come since the original Paradise Pier and that weird sun logo. So my fact for you this week, which I actually had to look up, I didn't know myself, but Toy Story Mania on Paradise Pier slash Pixar Pier was actually step one in Disney's entire project to overhaul California Adventure and make it what it is today. And I just found this really interesting article in the New York Times from 2008 And it was talking about how Disney was trying to make the park better. They kind of knew at that point it had opened in 2001, and by 2008, the attendance was pretty low. Even Bob Iger was pretty aware of the fact that the park wasn't working. In 2007, he was quoted as saying, anytime you do something mediocre with your brand, that's a withdrawal. California was a brand withdrawal. So pretty harsh words from the head of Disney about... Our beloved DCA 1.0. Oh, well, DCA 1.0 was... It was kind of nothing. <laughs> intensely terrible. There was a lot of criticism just about how there was a lot of off-the-shelf rides. It didn't really have the Disney magic to it. And so this New York Times article talks about how they were investing a ton of money and a ton of attention to really making Toy Story Mania the Disney experience that you kind of come to expect from their parks. Another interesting part about that same article was it actually mentioned that Toy Story Mania was also an attempt to kind of get the youths, and because it's more of like the youths, the youths, very important, (laughs) us millennials, um, because it's kind of a video game influenced ride, it was actually designed with this consumer insight that people who might normally go to a Disney park are instead playing video games or on their phones or all this emerging technology from 2008. Oh, wow. And so Toy Story Mania was kind of made to counter all that. It's funny to think that Midway Mania is 10 years old because when you go in and out, it's also, it's still so popular. There's always like a 45-minute line. line. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be sort of like a symptom of something like um, Peter Pan. uh, Yeah, like Peter Pan. where Well, nostalgia, but also just capacity because there's a very low capacity and it's slow moving and things like that. I feel like people just love Toy Story. People do just love Toy Story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But but when you go in, it's, I mean, Midway Mania is so well done that you sort of, it feels like it's newer. It does feel like a, a new sort of video game experience in park. But I love that that was the insight that they played off of, that they're yeah. really like, it's a video game in the park. But what's so funny also is that you don't really, I mean, they, they don't really like advertise it as such so much. It's so like hidden back there. It's such yeah. like a, it almost like looks like it's a kitty ride if you didn't know what it was, Where which for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what Toy Story Midway Mania is, Sure, um, maybe we should explain it. Yeah, we should probably explain it. <laughs> Basically, all the carnival games that are yeah. outside, but turn virtu- virtual with all the Toy Story characters. Yes. And there's always that, like, one person who knows all the secret things to hit that racks up all the points and is the leaderboard. Yeah. All yeah. And it's a total blast, and it's... Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's a, a 10-year-old Yeah, ride. I was really surprised, actually, because I kind of lost track of when that opened. So that was 2008, and that was kind of 
their big first stake in turning the park around and recognizing there was a problem. And then yeah. Cars Land came later in 2012, which yeah. seems a lot later. I thought Cars Land opened before that, but it was 2012. Yeah. I think I knew that, but for some reason, 2008 sounds like a long time ago. And especially since there was just sort of the big uproar when Tower of Terror closed and that only now I'm guessing was like two or three years older than Midway Mania, but it just feels like it was there for so much longer. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to hear that it really like sort of heralded this new... Yeah, it set the precedent It changed things around in a weird, pun-filled, kind of empty, off-the-shelf, Disney apostrophe-esque California adventure and turned it into a very Pixar focus, especially with the renaming of the pier park that it is today. Huh. That's really interesting. So as much as we miss Paradise Pier, there is the precedent to have all this Pixar stuff over there. and It's always been part of the plan. And it's always been part of the plan, and they've been seeding it with us for years and years and years and getting into our minds. We didn't even realize. (laughs) We've been brainwashed. I want to hear more about your experience at Pixar Pier. I haven't been yet, but that actually leads me... Obviously, we were on the same page with this week just being such a big Pixar Pixar, Pixar sort of week. So I actually want to just jump into my Today I Learned for you because obviously I went at this whole theme of Pixar with uh, a slightly different slant, namely historical. This is This is... A slight rabbit hole that started as a relatively simply TIL, today I learned, uh, the simple one being, Jess, do you know what currently Disney-owned company Pixar got its start within? Is it, oh, I want to say um, Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm, Is that okay. <laughs> so yes. So I'm going to expand on this, but okay. so, so yes, it started in Lucasfilm. And Ed Catmull started Pixar within Lucasfilm's computer graphics division, or was it essentially was the Lucasfilm computer graphics division. And the name of the company came from the computer that Catmull, who's the president of the group, obviously we know who he is, and his team created within Lucasfilm. And it was called the Pixar Image Computer. And the name Pixar came from a portmanteau of the words Pixar, which sounded like a fake Spanish verb for to make pictures, and Radar, which another founder liked because it sounded futuristic. And that is from the book Creativity, Inc. by Ed Catmull. And I'm way not done here. Here's the rabbit hole. So essentially, (laughs) while um, the group started within Lucasfilm with essentially the same mission as it's on today to basically pioneer digital storytelling, Lucasfilm eventually had to sell them off because they were facing their own financial crises Instead of selling them off as sort of the graphics group that would go to just try to advance the future of storytelling, they basically sold themselves as a hardware a hardware company. And, and they sold themselves, or they essentially sold themselves with this Pixar image computer. This was their, their marquee product. And countless people just didn't want to buy them. Uh, and Steve Jobs then eventually obviously came in and bought them for a song for like $5 million. But uh, so... Again, here's where the rabbit hole comes in. Because this was essentially the first 3D imaging computer ever, it was sold at in an incredibly high premium or at an incredibly high price. It cost like $125,000. So they didn't just sell it or sell its technology to animation studios. It was a technology that was so advanced and ahead of its time that it essentially 
really helped to shape the future of medicine and a couple other industries. What? So I came out, I came across this article in from 1968 from the LA Times that came out around the time that the company was sold to Steve Jobs. And it says, Lucasfilm will continue to use the Pixar technology to produce con- computer animation for films. However, Catmull said, filmmaking is seen as a minute market for this specialized computer and software. The Pixar image computer, which performs complex graphics operations, has applications in medicine, printing, geophysics, and other areas. So, yes, some much more little-known facts about Pixar are around the effects they had on things like the advancement of medical science, and I looked into it a little bit more and found some interesting artifacts, uh, not the least of which was a paper that was co-authored by Ed Catmull in the Journal of the American College of Radiology titled From Toy Story to CT Scans, Lessons from Pixar for Radiology. Oh my god. And then (laughs) I looked into it a bit further and found another paper from actually published by Boeing. And it was essentially a super dense document that I can put in our show notes for you guys that basically was just assessing computer imaging and essentially it's whether or not it was an effective means of inspecting aircraft and aerospace components. Stay with me, guys. (laughs) So they seem to have found that the Pixar imaging computer was, was very good at this task of inspecting aircraft and aerospace components. And one of the things the report says is the reproduction of the three-dimensional images in this report does not do them justice as compared to the visualization possible when observing the data on the image processing system directly. The Pixar image processing system can present the data in motion so the observer can visualize how the defects are oriented in the part geometry. So basically, yes, in 1989, Pixar was also quietly affecting aeronautics while none of us knew it, while Steve Jobs owned them. That's wild. Isn't that wild? I I had had no idea. I had absolutely no idea that, I mean, really they were purchased for their hardware and while it was then, you know, licensed by Disney and then they were purchased by Disney and it's and it's been applied to animation as we know it, it really has also been used to affect, you know, just 3D imaging across a number of different uh, industries. I thought I ruined your facts by knowing that it was part of Lucasfilm and then you just <laughs> came out of left field with so much I more told information. You. I told you. That's... I had no clue. I know. I went really deep into a rabbit hole. Um, Do you also know how old Steve Jobs was when he acquired Pixar? How old? He was 30 years old. What am I doing with my life? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. So that makes me feel great. Pixar is so much older. I think just because my knowledge of it starts with Toy Story. Yeah. And you just forget how far they had to come Mm -hmm. to even get to there. Well, do you know what the first... Uh, name of the very first Pixar film was? No. It's called Andre and Wally B. Came even before Lexo Jr. It was essentially, if you saw the little crude characters from it, I think you'd recognize them, but it basically was meant to just sort of show off the capabilities of the technology, but through the lens hmm. of storytelling. And yeah, I always thought Luxo Jr. was the first one. Uh, Andre and Wally B. And they are, as far as I know, nowhere in the parks. So if anyone finds any Andre and Wally B 
merchandise Easter or eggs. Easter eggs. The one, very one thing I found was one pin with Andre and Wally B on, wow. on them. And it was one image of one pin on Pinterest. So I haven't seen any other merchandise or any Easter eggs on Pixar Pier. So I would love to know if anyone has found Andre and Wally B on Pixar Pier. And if not, I think we should probably start a petition Make to it get happen. Andre and Wally B on Pixar Pier because they are very, very important. So thank you guys for sticking with me on that rabbit hole. That was why I have so much reading to do. I know. I had absolutely, I had no idea that this one little fact was going to sort of lead me down this whole road. So I have a feeling that reading that document you're going to link is going to like earn me a PhD just by reading it. Oh yeah. You definitely need to just sort of search for the word Pixar in this 1989 <laughs> Boeing document when we link to it and you can read about how they felt about the Pixar imaging computer because the 20 pages before that are just unless you're really interested in in the 3D imaging of aeronautic components yeah and skip around yeah why not? So, okay, so let's talk about Pixar Pier. Oh, it's magical. It's magical? It's, so I did not go on Incredicoaster. Okay. Um, I think the line was a little too long. How long was it? It actually wasn't as bad. I think it was like 120. Which really? When Guardians opened, I waited in a much longer line. I'm so also, I should have done it. Yeah. I just, I don't love upside down coasters, so I really have to psych myself up for it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm just surprised that it was that long because before that the line was always 30 and under like maybe 45 at peak times but you could always more or less walk on screaming yeah you could always oh, more yeah. or less walk on for anyone who might not know obviously the previous iteration of the Incredicoaster is was California screaming it DCA is a pun yeah it's finest. yes it is and was just a capacity monster it can take mm-hmm. so many people per hour the opposite um, of toy story mania the opposite of, of toy story mania so there never was really a problem with the lines so i'm gonna guess that that those lines start to regulate themselves a little bit more quickly than they maybe have for terror terror for Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, even though you can now get on Guardians at around a 45 yeah. to an hour wait. So. To be fair, this was day two of Pixar Pier. Yeah. <laughs> time. I looked at the app pretty quickly and kind of just noped. But I yeah. <laughs> looked at, I mean, Pixar Pier is just really nice. It's not 100% done yet, but the theming's great. Yeah. I still have a place in my heart for Paradise Pier. Yeah. But I think they did a really good job with it. Oh, man. What did the, what did the carousel become? It's still under construction. Okay. Yeah. There's, I was going to say, I didn't know if I saw that. It has not yet been unveiled. Did they open the fun wheel yet or the Yeah, it has around? Pixar characters okay. instead of Mickey and okay. friends. And did you eat anything? I did not eat anything. <gasps> I, I know. I had a churro and then I was full. You don't even have a caliente churro? You know what? I am not super into the churro flavors. Yeah, I'm not into the churro flavors either. I'm just, you know. I'm, I'm in theory, proud, you I'm proud to, like, of you for sticking, <laughs> sticking to it. I Love a it. classic. Yes. All right. But yeah, I think I need to do a second trip to Pixar Pier. I need to suck it up and deal with an upside down ride, and maybe you'll come with me. I will absolutely, we will absolutely be going there very soon. Awesome. And in the meantime, if you guys have any fun facts that you want to share with us, you can find us online at TILDisney.com or follow us on Instagram at TILDisney. And if you learned something new today, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a review. 
Thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>